the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Millennials, I love you people. Why? Your skin is so soft and delicious and moist and succulent. No, 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 no. You're our future. And after you, it's going to be Generation Y. But right now, we're going to talk about you. Millennials are cutting back on dining out and vacations. Good for you. Because you know what value there is long-term in a vacation and dining out? None. Yes, vacations will probably get you, like, maybe making children and settling down and buying a house and paying yourself instead of rent. But millennials are good at saving money, especially if they have kids. U.S. millennial parents are on track to be richer in retirement than their typical generation Xer or the baby boomer with kids. So for some reason, when you make babies, you become better savers. Those of you who are between 18 and 34, if you're contributing a median of 10% of your income to retirement savings, uh, generation X is saving about 8% and working baby boomers are socking away just 5%. You baby boomers are slack. You remember when the baby boomers had this thing like... Make love, not war. You know, this whole Vietnam thing's bad. We should, you know, be loving each other and, and passing on society into uh, a higher, loftier goal. And then the baby boomers sold out. They wanted a BMW. And every great idea that they had, gone. Let's save the world, gone. Let's, let's clean seals that get oil on them. Gone! It's now let's eat seal. And dolphin as well. Jim Morrison. Wow, you want to hear the crazy? My first day of college, my roommate I met, his name was Mike Tyson. I know you're saying, your college roommate was Mike Tyson, the heavyweight champion of the world? I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy like that. I mean... He was, it was not that Mike Tyson. It was Mike Tyson, the heavyweight chain smoker of the world. He was disgusting. He might have showered twice during the quarter. But it was Jim Morrison's birthday, and he plays The Doors all day during Jim Morrison's birthday. And I went to college with this crap. Let's get Alphaville queued up. Um, you can hold your car um, for an afternoon in Utopia. I went... Let's dance for a while. It's. I went with awful music to college with European German pop versus this. Now you tell me who like had better music choice, me or Mike Tyson. So I was listening to this synth pop. They were from like um the evil side of Germany. They were from the, the wall side of Germany. The bad Berlin versus the good Berlin. 
This is awful. What was their big song? Forever Young. Ah, there we go. So you know what the song's about? It's not a prom song, even though a lot of proms had it as their prom song. It's not about the moment when you're graduating high school and you're in 12th grade and you're about to go on into the real world and quickly learn that the world craps all over you. It's a big craptacular. No, no, this song's about nuclear war. Isn't that romantic? I know how many of you got it on to that song. So I listened to this crap going into college versus the doors. How did I turn out so cool and wonderful? you did to me this is something bad that happens in a Japanese bathhouse that's all I'm going to say when you big in Japan big in Japan listen to this crap Goodbye. what was wrong with me Seriously, we could do a whole psychological profile of, of, of what was wrong and how did I turn things around so well in college? So anyway, uh, millennials don't listen to that crap, um, but they do listen to electronic dance, which is just as bad. So um, millennials are making really good decisions whenever they have an opportunity to save more, not just when they have a higher paying job, but they're saving more after paying off debt and getting married. And that's notable because sometimes you can get married and have a baby. And suddenly, like, I want to, I want my baby to have designer jeans. Eureka! Designer jeans. Yeah. Now, see, I want designer jeans, not like Jordache. I want designer jeans, like I want blonde hair, blue eyes. That's the designer jeans that I want, right? So, Nerd Wallet compared the retirement rates of millennials, Gen Xers, and baby boomers for the purpose of analysis. All generations started saving at age twenty-six and retired at sixty-seven. And if you get a six percent rate of return. And you get a 2% annual bonus at work, increase in salary. And ultimately, the millennial saving a lot more money when you do projections like that. Everyone can use strategies um, that millennial parents are using. So trying to increase their savings, cutting back on big spending, such as dining out, vacations, and entertainment. Those are the areas where we throw money away on top of cars. So um, simple calculations. So congratulations, millennials. You're doing it. You get the Blue Star Award. Did you still give out those stars? Remember those stars that you had in elementary school where they'd lick them and put them on your board? And you get so many stars, you were like a star student. And you kind of tracked all the way up to the gold stars. And that's, I never got to gold. Let's just say that. That's another thing that we could do a psychological profile on. I would always do something um, problematic. Skipping breakfast is tied to higher risk of hardening in arteries. Aren't there too many studies? Wouldn't you say there's too many studies at this point in time? So now we've learned that skipping breakfast is bad for you, and it may help you develop uh, atherosclerosis. Atherosclerosis. It's only a wafer thing. Yeah, I couldn't get another thing. I'm absolutely stuffed. Bugger horse. One of the most horrific things I've ever had to view was a board op eating breakfast. Um... Chewing with his mouth open and just his head was so close to the plate, like he was get in my belly. He was hunched over it. Anyway, now I'm totally uh, skipping breakfast. Uh, a greater percentage of energy consumed earlier in the day may favor cardiovascular health. 
Who knew? So you're not supposed to eat late at night. Now you're supposed to eat late early in the morning. But guess what? There's going to be a study next week that says the exact opposite. And that's something that could be very scary when it comes to investing is that there's all these studies out there. And um, what type of investor are you? When should you save? When should you not save? Just accumulate wealth. I look at things in two ways. And Chad Burton kind of manages wealth and I kind of accumulate wealth. And I, I think that's a good way to go if you're going in any way, shape or form. Um, I do like the idea of, um, <clears throat> strawberries are good for you. Yes. There are, get this, you know, when we get into the gun debate in the United States, which do you think there are more of, and which do you think kills more people? McDonald's in the United States or gun stores? Little Jeopardy music in your head, little Jeopardy music in your head. Which are there more gun stores or McDonald's gun stores or McDonald's. Um, the correct answer is gun stores. There's 50,000 more gun stores in the United States than there are McDonald's. I had no clue. I would have guessed. I said I had no clue. So that's a lot of gun stores in between McDonald's. Like you could throw a rock and hit a McDonald's drive to a block and hit another McDonald's. Where are all these gun stores? I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. So a friend of mine went on a Tinder date three or four years ago. And on the Tinder date, the guy wanted to get her upstairs to his apartment so he said i've got a 3d tv you want to come in and see it and she said sure so she got to see what a 3d tv looks like and she ultimately left unscathed sometimes men lure women with scripts hey you want to come up to the hotel room and get a script see which pick a script that you want to be in any script like what a line right holy mackerel that's scary but um 3d tvs that's even scarier think about things that we had in our society that came and went right um, 3D TVs didn't quite make it. Now, I always thought 3D TVs were doomed to fail because TVs, we sit around our living room and we watch the Super Bowl together. And the idea of having a party of like 12, 13, 14 people in your home and you'd have to have 12, 13, 14 pair of glasses to watch said Super Bowl in 3D. And I was like, this will never work. And then I was like, well, maybe my producer, Mike, will invite me over to his apartment or his house and we'll watch the Super Bowl together and eat Cheetos. Corn chips. I prefer corn chips on the Super Bowl. All I want to do is sit on a couch and eat corn chips. Um, right. And then I was thinking, he's going to put on 3D glasses, and I'm going to put on 3D glasses, and we're going to eat corn chips and drink light beer. And at some point in time, he's going to look at me, and I'm going to go, this is the dumbest thing we've ever done. We look stupid. Oh, my, my, my. <laughs> yes, Captain. Warp speed ahead. Um, that's why, th- to me, that's why 3D TVs failed. And then we got into like curved TVs. Do people care about curved TVs? I don't think so. 4K, it's the year 4K in large part because of Netflix. And see, the, this story kind of gets all tied together that I thought 3D TVs were going to fail because of the Super Bowl. TV, Super Bowl, TV, Super Bowl. But now Netflix is making that move to 4K content and that helps Apple. Apple has got a TV box um, that 
it, it supports 4K, but there's not enough programming out there. And it just seems like Comcast is never going to get their act together. Or do we need a new box to get 4K through Comcast? Like, what is holding us up here? And psychologically, I'm like, I want 4K. I don't know why I want 4K, but I want 4K. So when I got my Apple TV, I'm like, I'm going to buy Guardians of the Galaxy in 4K at iTunes. And I was like, ooh, that's what 4K looks like. Okay, so I'm kind of over it, right? But you kind of see how Netflix is, is, is pushing this pretty smartly with a lot of their own shows, um, helping to support their business model and charging you more. Now, speaking of business models and like the whole 21st century thing, JetBlue not too long ago said, you know what? We're going to push against the tide and we're not going to list our services on Priceline anymore. Um, so they've taken flights off of 12 online services and they're pushing people to buy directly at JetBlue. Is it because of the sign of times that things are so good at JetBlue? A little bit of that. Is it a sign of times that we're now starting to learn like the best deals are offered at that hotel or the best deals are offered at JetBlue um, or Southwest? You know, Southwest is a discount airliner, right? They, they're kind of keeping costs as low as they can. They kind of know in their head that you'll find them and that they don't have to be on all these booking sites. So JetBlue already gets well over half of its bookings from people who come straight to JetBlue. And they think more and more people go straight to them. So they don't have to pay that 10% kickback. JetBlue is confident that it can fill the seats without all those listings. It's still on the big ones like Expedia, but getting rid of some of the smaller ones, um, like what's cheaper.com and vacationexpress.com. So they're cutting out some of the channels. And, you know, I, I think they're going to see more and more of that of how do you control content and how do you just, you know, again, Disney did it. Don't you think other studios are going to follow Disney's lead and say, we're going to pull our content from Netflix? And that's why Netflix is throwing down $8 billion a year on new content. And they're going to do tons of movies this year. I think they've got at least 20 slated for 2018. Uh, so that's out there. Earlier, I talked a little bit about PayPal, and I want to talk about it one more time, because Venmo is growing like a weed, and Apple is putting in their iOS 11 a situation where you could pay your friend with Apple to Apple through Instant Messenger. Um, and that's pretty great. And you could do that with Venmo and that's pretty great. So PayPal is getting more people to use its services more often. And that's pretty great. So PayPal grew, you know, the average transactions per average account grew 33, um, was up to 33 last year. That's up 9%. So getting people to use it more often is important. Getting higher, um, cost done to it is more profitable. So some of PayPal's newer initiatives include pay with Venmo, which, you know, uh, uh, people can use their Venmo accounts when shopping at online merchants. The company announced earlier this week that it would start rolling out the feature to more than 2 million PayPal merchants. So you can now be at Home Depot and instead of paying with PayPal, where you're like, what's my login? You can just pull out your phone and pay with Venmo. So PayPal's interest in making money off the popular peer-to-peer platform uh, that it acquired with the acquisition of Braintree a few years back. Um you know, it's, it's, there's growth there. So after the pay with Venmo rollout, Venmo users are able to shop online using the platform, which is the core strength of PayPal. Uh, PayPal offers its own peer to peer payment tools, which are popular, though less sexy than Venmo's. Um, so they're kind of cornering, they're not cornering the market and will Apple make a serious charge in? That's a big question. Uh, but processing payments, it's good business. Go take a look at Visa's stock chart. Go take a look at, PayPal stock chart. Go take a look at MasterCard stock chart. Go take a look at American Express. And yes, sometimes you will find flaws, 
But what I'm looking right now, I'm looking at which uh, PayPal. It's honestly the most beautiful chart I've ever seen. I'm in love with it. If you could put a staple halfway through in like the belly button and you could stare at this every single day longing for this chart. So do I think that you can own that forever? I think if you've owned it forever up to this point, you've done very, very well. And that's a pretty good sign. Now, Visa, not quite as, oh my gosh, it's more beautiful. And then you like, you pull up MasterCard and you're like, oh my gosh, MasterCard's beautiful too. And PayPal's got like an $80 billion market cap. And then you look at Visa, you see that they've got a $250 billion market cap and they just raised their dividend. Not by a lot, uh, surprisingly little. And Visa made a huge mistake years ago. They, they spun off Visa Europe to the, Europe, uh, you know, cause no one likes Europeans, right? They're smelly. I gotta be careful what I say. Let's try not to get, let's try not to get suspended for a second time in a year. I've never been suspended twice in the same year. Seems like every year I get suspended for at least a day, sometimes a week. I got in trouble a couple years back when I suggested that, you know, when the riot police were pulling out water cannons and shooting the Greeks, that there was their shower of their month. Got in trouble for that. I got suspended for that. Now I, now, now I won't say it. I'll just tell the story that I once said it. I won't say it live, though. That I'm not that not kind of stupid. Behavior, okay? So you don't even know what I you don't even want to know what I got suspended for this year. What will I get suspended for next year? But man, looking at that Visa, Mastercard, American Express charts, there's some good investing in those uh, payment processors. So, did anyone get the staple in the in the middle of the chart reference? I'm Rob Black. It's like putting a staple in in a belly button. So think about that for a bit. My angel is a centerfold. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. How long does it take to make a million dollars? Is a million dollars a lot of money? I guess it depends on where you live and what your budget is, right? A lot of people, I remember when I was 18 years old, a million dollars is going to be my retirement number. I wanted to have a million dollars by the time I was 35. I basically saw my dad work till the day he died. And I was like, I don't want to be that guy. And he worked till the day he died. Um, and I didn't want to be that guy. And again, it, it, it jarred me when I said that out loud just now, because I'll probably work till the day I die. And I've got more than a million dollars. Some people get financially independent early. I wanted to be financially independent before I was 35 so that I can spend the next 15 years of my life on a beach with a beautiful woman selling apples or oranges. Um, And then things get complicated. You get married, you get divorced. Um, Within the first year of my marriage, holy mackerel, she was doing crazy stuff. She was on the internet. She worked at a cosmetics company. And the cosmetics company had a board of directors from a bigger company. So she worked at, um, not benefit, but one of those makeup companies that are very San Francisco. And, um, it might've been benefit now that I think about it, but they were bought by Louis Vuitton, Moe Hennessy. So the board would send out some of their, their key players. And there's this French guy, Oog, And, uh, he took her out to dinner or something like that. And basically she, they started emailing each other and, 
Why do you think I have this outrageous accent, you silly king? And it was pretty innocent, all things considered. Some of the emails back and forth. And I only found it. And you're going, you went through her email? You're a monster. I just walked right next to the computer and I saw this kind of thing. Um, and maybe I shouldn't have read to the end. And then I read every email. And then I printed them all. Maybe. Maybe. And uh, it got kind of crazy. It was like, you know. Uh, so he's on the board of directors. And he was probably 65 and she was 30. And like, she was her he was his, her dad's age. And that's when I was like, well, this isn't going to last. And it was under a year. So I printed everything out. We went to dinner. I said, is there anything you need to tell me? I said, How are things with us? And she goes, good. Things are good. Love having dinner with you. We're having a nice time. I'm like, and one of the emails had, you know, if your apartment catches on fire, your flat catches on fire in San Francisco, what three things would you grab? And she goes, I'd grab my, uh, her response to him was pretty stupid. Um, but it was like, I would grab my Edgar Allan Poe first edition. I would grab my phone so I can call you. And I'd grab a credit card so I could fly to you or something like that. And that was pretty innocent, right? <laughs> so we're at dinner and um, I've got a stack of emails that she's like, what's in the what's in the envelope? And I was like, some emails. She goes, what, what do they say? And I said, if there's a fire tonight, can you do me a favor and wake me up? Get me out of the get me out of the flat. And she started piecing everything together. And she goes, "I want a divorce," because she figured out that she had been caught. I was like, "Oh, sweetie, we're going that direction. Don't worry about it." It was under a year, so I bring this up because at age eighteen, this was the woman that I wanted to be with, selling apples and oranges on a beach. She was beautiful. She was, you know, sexy. She was fun. She was intelligent, Berkeley educated, um, and it didn't work out. And that's okay. Um, I'm fine with that. It kind of damaged me a little bit because my dream was something else. Um, you know, the childhood dream, white dress. We didn't even we didn't even do that. I mean, we kind of eloped and um, had a party. It was a good party, a uh, great party in San Francisco for our friends and family. But, uh, so this 18 year old kid, I wanted a million dollars. So for a million dollars, what's that mean to you? You know, uh, is it financial freedom? If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, will I buy you a house? I, I oddly look like the lead singer of this band, which I is, help me with the name real quick. The band. Bare Naked Ladies, B&L, okay. They have a song in this old apartment. Just It makes me cry because it's about a breakup in, in this old apartment that we used to live in. We had all these dreams. But this is a million dollars. I would buy a Reliant K-Car, a reliable old... Like, what would you buy with a million dollars? To me, a million dollars is a lot of money. Um, so, how much is a million dollars? It depends on your income, how much money you're making. It depends on your expenses, how much you're spending. And it depends on your savings, how much you're savings. Um, and you can figure this all out and figure out how much you need for a million dollars. So it, it's pretty easy. If you're going to get a 5% return, you know, what are your annual savings? $208 a month. And you're going to get to a million dollars. It's going to take you 48 years if you start by saving $208 a month and getting 5%. But if you get 10% return... 
it's only going to take you 39 years. And that's when, like, okay, so when you're 20, all it takes is you saving $400 a month and getting a lousy 5% return. But if you get a 10% return, which is the historic return of the stock market, it cuts nine years off your, your goal. And if you get 15% returns, which have been become pretty normal in years past, it takes you 34 years to get to a million dollars. So when I was 18, I had this goal of, I want a million dollars by the time I was 35. And I hit it. And I'm proud of that. Um, but then, like I said, you get married and you get divorced. And did she get half? She didn't. Um, because I was very adamant. And I, I think you should be adamant about this too. What's yours is yours. What's hers is hers. Keep your assets separate for one year. And then have that conversation about merging assets. Um, but you're not ready until then. At that point in time, you're just you're too in love or in lust. So you can reach a million dollars if you're making $200,000 a year way faster by just saving 5% because that 5% suddenly is $833 a month. And if it's 10%, it's $1,600 a month. That's suddenly cuts you down to 22 years. But if you're making $100,000, that 5% of your salary is $400 a month or 10% is $800 a month. And again, that changes the number from, you know, 22 years to a million to 30 uh, years to a million. So the secret here is start young and do 10% to 15% of your salary because it's going to get you to retirement a lot faster. How do you do it? Uh, What index fund should you own? I think you should own Vanguard Total Stock Market Index. I think that's a great place to start. Um, Now, how much of your, what percentage should be in the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index? This is where it gets tricky. Because also, I want you to own the Vanguard Total International Stock Market Index. So you get some international ooh-la-la from Louis Vuitton Moe Hennessy. I hope you got cancer and died. I've wished cancer... I have this outrageous accent, you silly king? I've wished cancer on two people. He was one of them. And when you wish cancer on someone, it pisses them off. There was another one, which was, and I'm embarrassed to say this, a ticket person at United... And the look of shock on her face when I, I said, I hope you get cancer and die. I was younger. Please forgive me for saying that because it's a horrible, horrible thing to say. But it came out. Um, and I won't even tell you the circumstance because it, it's more embarrassing the more I think about it. I'm not going to take this anymore. So if you own the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index and you own the Vanguard Total International Stock Index, 60, 40, 70, 30, the international is going to be riskier than the domestic in theory, but don't you think if you've ever traveled to Asia um, or Europe, you're like, they could use some more roads here. What's this two-lane highway? I want to go back to the America that's got eight-lane highways. You know, parts of 101 have six lanes, and you're like, not enough. Um, I would imagine down in LA, there's probably some eight-lane highways that I haven't found quite yet. But So you, you start with the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index because it's cheap, and it gives you great coverage. And you get the Vanguard Total International Stock Market Index because it's cheap and it gets you great coverage. And then you start saying things like, what else do I want to own? That's how you start to set up a diversified portfolio. And I think you could own four growth stocks. I think you can own Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, maybe Apple. I own a lot of those companies. Um, Then if you want to get like super sexy, like you already have a diverse, you already have a good portfolio at that point in time. You don't have any coverage in case of a down market, so maybe you get a bond index if you're fearful of down markets. I love down markets. 
I invest more in down markets than I do in up markets. I'm more excited by getting more shares of the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index or the Vanguard International Stock Market Index. And sometimes companies like Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, they don't give you a chance to buy 20% off like the stock market does. They may give you 5 or 10%, and that's when you have to jump on it. So just throwing that out there for you. That's how you set up a diversified portfolio, and hopefully that's how you get to a million dollars by the time you're 35. Or, if you're more realistic, by the time you're 50, 55, 60. Um, $200 to $600 a month is going to get you there. The more money you make, the more you should save, because you're going to get addicted to that budget. Little bare-necked ladies, I look like the lead singer, and that is not a compliment, because A, he's Canadian. Tell me one good-looking Canadian man. I <laughs> can't come up with one, can you? And B, he's a puffy white dude. I look like a puffy white dude. I'm not happy with that. Puffy and pasty? <laughs> not a good combination. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black. I like exchange-traded funds and index funds for individual investors. I don't think there's any shame in them. I think they're a great way to accumulate wealth, exchange-traded funds and indexes. Earlier in the show, I talked about my biggest nightmare, and it's not Freddy Krueger. It's not Jason Voorhees. It's not Friday the 13th. It's not Halloween. It's not Psycho. You know, Psycho was one of those movies when you first saw it, and you get a chance to see it this Halloween. It's, it's a fantastic movie because you never really kind of imagined yourself. Like, Frankenstein was a monster movie. Like, yeah, there's no monsters. There's no blood-sucking vampires. Psycho was the American addition to the genre of horror. And um, it was the person who looks just like you. But he happens to have a dead grandmother or a dead mother that he's keeping in the house who he talks to. Oh, and he dresses up like, and I don't even know that just creeps me out right there. Keeping dead grandmother, keeping dead mother in house. Uh, you see stories about it all the time of people who keep dead relatives in the house all the time. Um, but the idea of going to a hotel or a motel late at night and checking in and then you're like, Hey, I saw your mother in the window last night. Was she sewing? That looked lovely. He goes, yes, she was sewing. She's making a nice quilt and like pretty scary. Okay, so for me, the scariest thing is the Federal Reserve, Janet Yellen, and potentially her raising interest rates. I know you're saying you're scared of that pasty woman, pasty like white, like she looks like the doughboy. Like she looks like she might fry if you put her in the sun. Yes. So she scares me. And yet at the same time, this is how Wall Street works. There's money to be made if she raises interest rates. Yes, I think she could slow down the economy, but banks will make more money. And I think an exchange-rated fund that gets you bank exposure is a good idea. If you don't want to own Bank of America or J.P. Morgan, you don't have to. Or Citigroup. Those are the big three that I really like, Those all three of those names. Consultant Burke for Advisor, particularly actually on any stock mentioned. If you want to go for value, you'd go for Wells Fargo. I might own shares of Wells Fargo. So I understand that those four banks are the big four in the U.S., so, but you don't have to do that. You can own a lot of banks in an exchange traded fund. So, like KBWB, it's the PowerShares bank portfolio. It's tied towards the nation's biggest banks, which involve wide financial sector ETFs. The PowerShare KB bank portfolio is one of just a few funds that provide access specifically to American mega banks and big regionals. So, they have the big four, the Citigroup, the Wells Fargo for sure inside. Uh, but you're also going to get some exposure to like, 
M&T Bank, which is headquartered in Buffalo. Buffalo, one of my favorite cities. When I did a national radio show, I, I went from city to city. I did like investing uh, seminars kind of thing. And the younger guys that I traveled with always wanted to go to Gentleman's Club. And there's nothing gentlemanly about Gentleman's Club, especially in Buffalo. But what was fantastic about it was the dancers had to dance in front of big screen TVs that showed the Buffalo Bills behind them. So you got to watch football and a beautiful woman. And you're like, really, Rob? Really? You went there. No, no bad DJs. No, no awful music. Football. Okay. I'm dropping that story on back to the big banks. There's also the S&P Spider regional banking ETF, ticker symbol KRE. And this is regional banks. And regional banks tend to get acquired by national banks. And then you get international banks that sometimes acquire national banks, right? So there's 7,800 regional banks. Um, and, well, no, no, there's not 7,800 anymore. There's 5,100. There used to be 7,800. And they just kind of start acquiring each other. So if you want to own some regional banks, like if you were to go... I heard Atlanta is now called Hotlanta because it's growing so fast. And you wanted to own something in the South because those regional banks tend to start like in Atlanta and then they open a Athens, Georgia, and they open a Tallahassee, Florida, uh, Athens, Georgia. So and they start opening up a little regional, right? And that's how they grow. KRE is the regional ETF. Um, and there's no shame in it. And if a big bank like Bank of America or Wells Fargo goes, you know what? We need some more bank exposure because we don't have enough. I tend to think that they have enough, and since they're moving more towards apps anyways, I think banks are, I'm not going to say endangered, but I think millennials will continue to do more banking with apps in the future, and I think that does scare me a little bit. But if you want the first trust NASDAQ community bank index, um, even more kind of crazy, it holds roughly 170 stocks, and they're all NASDAQ-oriented, and they're a little bit more growthy than just regional banks. So... I wouldn't bank at a bank called East West Bank Corp because I'm like, make up your mind, right? If they can't figure out how to come up with West Bank Corp or East Bank Corp, East West, now I get Northeast, but East West is just, it's too random for me, but it's publicly traded EWBC. Um, It operates, get this, out of California. Don't you think it should be called West Bank Corp now instead of East West? Or Bank of the West. Oh, there already is a Bank of the West. So maybe they just ran out of good names. So anyway, there's some good ETFs out there that you can get different type of exposure without having that bet. Like who knew Wells Fargo was going to get into trouble and start coming up with, you know, credit cards for dead people and credit cards for people who just opened up a bank account who didn't want a credit card, but suddenly they get a credit card and like, well, I got a credit card. Might as well, you know, open it up and use it. And the person who just legally opened it up in your name just got a, like a you know a bonus for that. But if you wanted to own the iShares U.S. Financial ETF, that's ticker symbol IYG. There's a lot of choices out there, um, and that it could own not just banks but things like Visa and Mastercard and Goldman Sachs. So suddenly you're getting some brokerage exposure, some banking exposure, some credit card exposure as well. Um, I do like the credit card plays like Visa and Mastercard. They have no exposure to credit; they have the transaction. Capital One might have exposure to the credit, not the transaction. I like the transaction better than the credit, better than the bank. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get into any seminar for free when you sign up at robblackshow.com. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.